Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. All right, guys. So a lot of people ask us how do they make a podcast. So I'm going to let you know on a secret. On the easiest, most productive way to start a podcast and get it up and running, and that is the app called Anchor. It's free. They have all kind of cool creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They will distribute your podcast for you to all of the major outlets, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple, easy place. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's do it. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> A mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Wholesaling 101, right? So, it's a couple of things that I had um, looked at in, in preparing for this interview. Um, so, when identifying your market, right? So, I saw you even talked about it as far as like your, your zip code. Yeah, right? that granular. Um, all right. So, 
I guess for somebody that wants to get involved in wholesaling mm-hmm. and they're, they're just getting started, like how you just got started, you have to formulate a game plan before you do anything in life, yeah. right? So I guess the first game plan is understanding your neighborhood. Is that correct? Yeah. So understanding like your area, your city. And like every city has what they call gentrification, mm-hmm. right? Like you, what happens is you're, you, you have neighborhoods that are going to transition into mid-class likeness. That's what gentrification is. Mm. So that's going to happen all the time. Um, whether you're a part of it or not is up to you. So essentially what happens is you need to know what part of your city is up and coming. That's all it means. And once you find out that part, whether you can do visually, like driving around because you know your city, you've been there since you were a kid, or you can use technology, which we use ListSource and do a free method of finding this, mm-hmm. um, you can then find what zip codes are hot. And how they do it is they say, all right, how many cash transactions has happened in this county and then we break it down by zip code and then the ones that have the most cash transactions that means somebody's buying these properties follow the money cash transactions like somebody's mm-hmm. buying a home in cash cash, cash. yeah, yeah. So, and so by doing that you know if more people are buying homes in cash more affluent people are moving into neighborhood yeah because what happens is when somebody buys a house in cash more than like there's no financing involved that means it needs a flip mm-hmm. right so because you can't really buy a flip property with bank financing right they won't they won't they won't in they won't loan you money on something that needs work. The bank is never going to take an upside down position on anything. So what's what's the app called? Lipsource? List list source. List source. Yeah, and I have a video like it goes more into detail, yeah. but okay. it, it list sources of things that gives you list of anything kind of you want about people. Right? But you can find out the hot properties or the hot zip codes on this way we find out how to do. Yeah. It. Once you've mastered your area, one of the big things that you talk about is driving for dollars. Yeah. Can you talk about that technique and, and the intricacies of that? That's how I got my first deal, was driving for dollars. And that just basically means you're driving around um, looking for distressed property, physically distressed, mm-hmm. right? And the, these Shackles are Shackles hanging. Yeah, it could be like your gutters are hanging down. Nope, somebody hasn't cut the grass. Um, the bushes are high. Old junky cars in the driveway that haven't moved. Now, what happens is we see these every day. Right. But your mind has already been trained to block these out. I know if you untrained yourself and and and, and looked actually looked, yeah. you'll see houses. It'd be yo, the house been there for ten years. I ain't nobody ever looked at that because our eyes are really trained to see like yo, that's the nicest house on the block. Correct. And you go past the ugliness. It's just the way we yeah. way we look. No, at I it. mean even as a kid, I remember being on a school bus, and you could always tell like that house is the worst house in the neighborhood. Yeah. They never cut the grass. They never the paint's always chipped. Mm-hmm. But growing up, you just thinking the people don't care about their homes. Yeah. You're they not thinking the- that. Maybe nobody lives there. Yeah. Correct. Maybe it's a distressed property. <laughs> Correct. So once you find that distressed property, you need to find the owner. Mm. And uh, so uh, my buddy Dave Leco created an app called Deal Machine, which allows you to drive around, take a picture of the property, and it pinpoints it, and it actually will send a postcard to the owner asking if they want to sell that. On your behalf. On your behalf for you. It's with called, your, it's with called your, Deal Machine? Yeah, with your, with your number on it. Wow. So you can customize this postcard. So, but that that's like fairly new technology. When I started, they didn't have that. We had to go around taking screenshots of drop pin drops yeah. on like Apple Maps or something like that, and then go back home and search who owns it. So we got we got the the property and we're driving for dollars. Mm-hmm. And then you had something called skip tracing. Yeah, so that's important. So skip tracing essentially where that word skip tracing came from. So I used to be a bounty bounty hunter, a bail bondsman. 
<laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So that's one like of them. Like, like Dog and Bounty Hunter? I was better than Dog. I just had a TV show. Oh, for real? Yo, this yeah. guy is, this so, does it all. <laughs> so skip tracing means that you're skipping a trick. You're, uh, you're, you're tracing a skip. Essentially, what that means is somebody who does not go to court is considered a skip, mm-hmm. and you need to trace them down. So that's where the word comes from. Right. But now we're not really dealing with that. We're dealing with people that, that own houses that we can't find them. So essentially, what happens is you find a house with the tall grass. You take a picture of it. You write down the address. You need to know who owns it. So you go on the, 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 the county records. Every single property in America is owned by somebody. Or something, mm-hmm. right? So in in every county, there's a tax assessor's website, right? So I can look up to own, who owns any house in America. So you go to that county's website. So here, I think it'd be Westchester County Tax Assessors, mm-hmm. right? And then you would put in the address of the property, and it would say, "Oh, this person owns that property." Now I need to get a hold of that person. So skip tracing is where you put that person's name and mailing address into the system, and yeah. it's going to spit out. The numbers that that are that this person has like, cell phone like numbers. Tel- tel- telephone numbers. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What's it called? Skip tracing. Skip tracing. Dot com. Uh, rei skip dot com. Rei skip. And that's yours. Yeah. So that was part of <laughs> that, was, that was part of how I got big, s- big because <laughs> I knew because of my old background of yeah. skip tracing humans. It's the same thing. I got to skip trace humans, but now I have their name and their address. Did you get this from military training? Like, No, it was just something that we developed as bounty hunters. Mm. So you flipped it because before you were looking for people that you actually had to arrest. Yeah. And flipped it into a now I'm looking for the person that owns this house. Simple. I need your number. I'm calling you up. That's it. When, off topic a little bit. When, when were you a bounty hunter? <laughs> when were you going to tell us about this? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I got just, mad. You <laughs> I got 10 I got 10 to 12 I used to have a car lot I used to have all types of stuff man I was a bounty hunter in between while building that app and getting in the in the real estate wow yeah in North and Carolina it actually traveled into like I'm still licensed in North Carolina yeah I'm still licensed Yo. at a bounty hunter because tree I get, jobs I get, yeah, tree you jobs know you know already so because, because I, I, <laughs> I had to have I'm still a licensed bounty hunter and I'm still licensed bonds because I get access to data most people don't get. I get the same data the cops get. And, you, and you've leveraged it. Yeah, I leveraged that small, you know, license into me. Now, you dollars. know what thing I like? Because, like, I, a lot of our guests have similar stories where they've had troubling times and they had to, like, figure things out. And then mm-hmm. a lot of our guests have similar stories where they, they use things in their past to help them. Like, John, you ever heard John Henry? Yeah, of course. So John, John Henry, Henry, shout out to John. He was, talk, he, you know, his story. He was a um, doorman, a doorman at the and hotel. He, yeah, and he yeah. came up and um, he started a million dollar uh, cleaning business. But his marketing plan was to go to all the doormen and get them to refer their residents. He paid them. But long story short, he was saying like he can't call himself a genius for that because that's what he knew. <laughs> he knew the doorman industry because he was a doorman. Yeah, like you were a bounty hunter, but it's like you, you, you knew like I can get people's information from this. Now I'm in real estate. How can I commingle this yeah. and actually make it all work? And that's why your failures are your biggest successes because it that failure taught made me make millions. Mm. You know, it just put me on it, it put me in a different category. And that's important for people to understand too because a lot of times everybody's doing something, and even like your path to success might be totally different from what you're currently doing, but you can still use what you did in the past in some capacity to help your success in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we got that. We got the address. How do we get the property under contract? So you're going to call a person and you're simply going to have a conversation. A lot of people, this is where a lot of people fall short. 
people hate talking to people that they don't know. Mm. Elevate a script. Yeah. So you so we've developed a lot of scripts over the time, but it's real simple. Immediately you need to identify who you are. Hey, my name is Max, I'm a local real estate investor. Right? That puts their guards down. But if somebody calls you and says, Hey, uh the moment of your time. Yeah. Done. I'm hanging up. You ain't even getting past that. Especially in New York, you're yeah, not getting oh, no. past that at all. You might even get a pickup. Banging on you. Yeah. <laughs> so then somebody's intrigued. Okay, well, you're a real estate investor. Um, I, I was going past the property down on 123 Main Street, and I think you may own it. I was wondering if you were interested in even selling it at all. That's simple. You're going to get yes, no, or maybe. Mm. Or you're going to a lot of FUs in between there, right? <laughs> so, or, or you got the wrong number. Right? Do you well? Do you know who owns that property? Yeah. Oh yeah, I own that property. Uh, okay, well, great. Are you thinking about selling it? Well, I got it from my mom, and I actually live in the city now. And you know, I don't. It's it's needs some work, and I really don't have you know the time, and I don't want to keep paying the taxes. Okay, well, I'm a real estate investor. I actually specialize in buying properties like this. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in a cash offer? Actually, I would be. And then that's when you start that negotiation. Hmm. Well, great. Well, what type of what what number were you looking for? You know, what can I give you cash that would just make you walk away from it? And then that starts. That's called anchoring. Yeah. Giving somebody that making somebody give you a, a price to anchor themselves on. And that doesn't happen just in you know a lot of people think that can't happen in affluent neighborhoods. But you said all the time. Absolutely, that's yeah, what you should I, be looking. Yeah, I mean, for us in the South, like a, a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house is a nice neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? So I, I own a couple of those. Right off of people that, you know, just it happens a lot. People inherit things that they don't want. I mean, not in our culture, but there's a lot where people like really will inherit a quarter million dollar house with some acreage and be like, yo, I live in Denver. I don't want to go back to mom's house. I remember having Christmas there in 93. I don't want to. I'm not trying to go back. I'm not trying to go back. So things like that. And then just there's so many different ways why people don't want a house. It's like a car. But no, it's when, pretty common. Like you said, not in our communities. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Never happens. <laughs> it's pretty common in other communities, for sure. And you, you'll be surprised. But you know, actually, it happens more than we actually think in our community. We just don't realize. You know, like, it, because it's, it's considered a hood. So mm-hmm. you don't walk yeah. grandma's house. That's true. That, right. That, That's that, true. That, and you just let it go for tax delinquent. That's true. And then somebody like me comes and buys it for $10,000. Yeah. So as a wholesaler, the person, the, um, you're always offering cash offers? It's always have to be cash offers? Yeah, because no bank is going to finance that. Yeah, so you got to go find somebody else that's in the business of flipping property. So we're talking private or hard money loans? Uh, typically, yeah, pr- they can have access to private or hard money loans. Uh, private is through relationships. Hard money is going to be through your resume. Essentially, okay. right? Yeah. You know, you flip seven houses this year. Of course, we'll loan you money because okay. you know what you're doing. Private money is based off of, yo, I know you. You got some money sitting in your IRA and you want to put it to work. Um, but, yeah, you want to find that person that makes his money through flipping. You know, one thing I understand is that people have money. They got to spend it. Right? So, mm-hmm. it depends just where you at on that food chain. Yeah. And people that have money always want to make more money. That's how they live. Yeah. yeah. They in the I quadrant of their life. So, we got now we got the contract. Mm-hmm. Now we gotta get to the closing. No, yeah. before the before the closing. Oh, okay. So um, I had a question. Sorry. Right. So cold calling is essentially is cold calling when yeah. you people are because very few people understand cold calling. Yeah. I've done cold calling before, and I don't I, I don't like it. <laughs> Nobody, I don't like it. A lot of people don't. So, but I can see how this can stop people from actually moving forward, mm-hmm. right? This is a big thing. Yeah. It's yeah. not if you don't if you've never done it before, you can't fully un- appreciate. Mm-hmm. 
it's like one of the most nerve-wracking things you can do. Like literally, you're like you make up every excuse in the world not to cocoa. Like you're like walk around the neighborhood, you get lunch, <laughs> you say it's too early, it's too late, I'll call tomorrow. You make all kinds of excuses. Um, so how do you? Because you have to you either that or you're knocking on somebody's door. Every com, every deal ends on the phone. Every single deal you do, whether you like it or not, is going to end up on the phone at some point in time. So, like, what do you tell people to, like, ease their nerves to cold call? One thing we do is we give them scripts. Right? Oh, they have to so, make it up. Yeah, so I want to give you your scripts, and then I'm going to give you most common rebuttals mm. so that you can have an answer, right? So, like, if, if, like if, you go to your, if you're going to ask your mom and you always know what she's going to say, it's more easy for you to ask a question because you already got the answer because you know her response. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Like when you go talk to these strangers, these people you don't know, you're gonna, you, you're gonna, they got three answers, three or four different answers they're gonna give you, and you need to be able to rebuttal those things. You know what got me over my fear of cold calling too? Personally, I still don't do a lot of cold calling, but it just got me out of my because I, I had, I was terrified by it. Yeah. I had this, I had to sit down and say, "Am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs> Is it gonna, you know, huh. If you're not gonna die, it's, it's not that bad." Did you make money from cold calling ever? I have. Yeah. I have. And at the end of the day, the worst, nobody, they don't know you, and the worst they can say is no. Or cuss you out. Who cares? We're going to move on to the next call. Yeah. It's just, they don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep going. Keep moving. You get cussed out in the subway here all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that should be normal. Don't people. take it personal. Yeah. Don't take it personal. If it's not going to kill you, it's not that serious. It's That's how I look serious. at it. So what is the maximum allowable offer? So the, the, the MOA is the maximum amount of money that you can offer on this property and still make a profit. So I'll break it down. So like if a house is worth $100,000 mm -hmm. fixed up, right? We, we, did, we found that out by doing comparable properties. We've seen that the house down the street sold for 100,000, very similar square footage, bedrooms and baths. The house up there sold for 98. So now we're in that $100,000 range. So we know that the flipper is gonna fix this and sell it for 100,000. So let's just say $100,000. Now in my market, it's it's lukewarm. It's not like an LA or a Phoenix or or New York where you know properties go above and beyond asking price a bunch, right? So we take off we minus 30% from the actual ARV, the after repair value of the property. Right? So now if you did that 100,000 minus 30%, you're at 70,000. 70, yeah. And let's just say you walk that house and you went in there and you think it needs 20 thousand dollars twenty five thousand dollars and uh just say twenty thousand twenty thousand in repairs so you know that this flipper is going to spend twenty thousand to get it to the point where he can actually put it on the mark for a hundred mm -hmm. so you're going to deduct that so we went from 100 to 70 oh, yeah, minus repairs now we at 50. so if you actually buy this property at fifty thousand dollars right now it's actually a good deal for the flipper but you ain't made no money yet Right, as the wholesaler, as a wholesaler, you didn't get that. Right, so if 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 the flipper himself knocked on this door, talked to him, he'd be able to buy at fifty. But you need to make some money, so you need to throw a, a pad or a buffer in there. So you need to be offering. If you want to make ten thousand, your offer needs to, your maximum allowable offer needs to be forty thousand. Hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to sell your contract for fifty, forty for the forty that they got to buy the house, ten for your assignment total of 50 right now we're back where the where the the flipper is going to make some money but you if you want it at 40 you're never going to offer 40 
mm. you're gonna offer below that. Thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you deliver thirty. So typically fifteen percent below of what you want is where you want to be at. So that you do that, you put you around thirty six, thirty four thousand dollars. Gotta have the wind built in. Exactly. The wind built in, and you never know. They might take thirty. You never know. Yeah. Right. You can come up with twenty. So let me ask you this, because essentially. Um, it's like a middleman situation, right? This whole world is about middle. middle most richest companies in the world are middlemen. True. Amazon, Walmart. True. You, Uber, Airbnb, Airbnb. They don't own anything. They're middlemen. Amazon's a logistic company. They don't yeah. make products. They house products that other people make, and you buy. They have and cloud storage. Yeah, yeah the car much. dealerships. You can't buy a car in America without going through a dealership. They're middlemen. They don't make the car. They're middle. They're middlemen. Middlemen make the most money in America. You got to solve a problem with convenience. True. This is true. So that's true. <laughs> but my so my question is, my question is, all right. But why not? Why is it more appealing, in your opinion, to be on that side of it as opposed to just buying it, like just being an investor? Yeah, it's more risk involved being an investor. It's a lot more risk. More involved. money involved too, right? More risk and more more risk. More money, but do you want a a um, a fast nickel or a slow dime? Depends on your business model. Mm. I see. I so I see this a lot. I see where wholesalers think it's a negative connotation to the name, and they want to be flippers. And then I see flippers looking at wholesalers and wanting to be wholesalers. So they see the profit margins higher. The risk versus reward. Mm. Now, could Amazon make every single product they have in the store? Absolutely. Do they want to take that risk of holding inventory that they own? For what? Mm. Mm. A fast nickel or a mm. slow dime. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. So if we're doing this, uh, if we're wholesaling mm-hmm. as a side thing, right? Yeah. How much did you, st- how many properties do you think we have to do before it becomes a full-time yeah. situation? I, it, it depends, right? Everybody has their free, mm-hmm. their freedom mark. You know, I, I always used to say if I made six figures, I'd be great. Right. Right. That, we know that's not until like, you no. made six figures. <laughs> so like, it's not. It's it just depends where you want to be at. Right. Now, some people love their job. So like, I, I've spoken to school teachers. They love their job. They right. love. They're passionate about what they do. But if they can get one property a month and make an extra ten grand a month, they'll stop teaching. No, they're gonna keep teaching. <laughs> no. Because they like it just supplements your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Because it gives you what you want. Now I've had people say that and then actually quit. Yeah, yeah that's about what I'm that, thinking about that teaching. Yeah, so Easy. not coming to work tomorrow. <laughs> so it really depends on your lifestyle where you want where you want to be at. Right. For me, I wanted to run a multi million dollar company, so we do between like seven and twelve deals a month sometimes. Okay. And you know that's where we at, and we're we're not a we're not the largest. You know, we got guys across the country doing way more deals than that. But my overhead's pretty thin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we have a good lifestyle doing what we do. So what would be the obviously depends on the market, but like in your market, mm-hmm. what's the profit margin on an average deal for our you? Our average deal is thirteen three. Thirteen thousand three hundred. So, yeah, we track our KPIs pretty well. Mm-hmm. What's KPI? What does that mean? Key um, performance indicators. So you're you're you need to know. I need to know how much money I'm spending to get a deal, right? How many calls do I need to make to get a yes, right? And then did you start to get an average? How much money do I spend on this marketing effort before it turns into an appointment? How many appointments do I go on before it turns into a contract? And if you know your numbers in your business, and this is any business, then you can scale. So you're doing 
thirteen thousand a, a, a deal. And yeah. You're doing thirteen of those a month, so it's like a hundred. Well, our top end's twelve, right? Between seven and twelve deals a month. So we're average around like ten. Let's say if you do ten, 10. so you're talking about a hundred, hundred thirty thousand yeah. a month, a month. Yeah, good calendar. Yeah, uh, um, it's a good month. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what is assignments? Now you have the cash buyer. You have assi- assignments. Assignment is essentially you have that original contract with the the, the seller, and you're gonna assign your contract to that person. So let me give you an example. So let's just say you pull up, we sitting over at the bodega. I'm in New York, I use those words. Yeah, that's a fact. You sit at the bodega and you pull up and you be like, yo, Max, I'm out of here, bro. I'm going to live in Vegas. You know I just got this new Mercedes right here. I don't want it. I paid cash for it. I paid 100,000 for it. I got it two years ago. Yo, give me 45,000 cash, you can have this. That's a brand new S550. Mm-hmm. Take that. Right? <laughs> so, do I have the money sitting at the bodega? Nah. But I know my man down here got a used car dealership. So I said, all right, meet me back here Friday with the money. I'm going to have the money for you. It's Monday. So I ain't got the money. But I'm going to go get it, right, because it's important. So I'm going to go hit you up and say, yo, you know, I got a 2018 S550 for $50,000 for Friday. But you got to buy it Friday. My man said, cool, I'll bring you the money Friday. All right, meet me at the bodega. You meet me at the bogey date with 50. You said you wanted 40, 45. I'm going to hand you the money. You're going to hand me the key. I'm going to hand you the keys. You're going to give I got the middle part. You go sell it because that's your job. Your business is selling cars. You wash it up. You clean it. Put some tire shine on it. Stick it on the car lot for 75000 It's still a deal. And you made 5000 I made 5000 You on a plane to Vegas because you just sick and tired of New York life. Yeah. And you just su- supplementing your business. You just made a profit by investing your money. So, this is interesting. So, I signed my contract to him that I had with you. Now, when I signed that contract with you yeah. for Friday, between Monday and Friday, what can you do with that car? That's what it says. Nothing. You couldn't sell it because if yeah. you sold it, I would have sued you for specific performance of a contract. So you couldn't. You already said to me, "Yo, I, all right, Friday, I'm gonna. I wrote a wrote a contract. You gonna you gonna give me that car on Friday, and I'm gonna pay you the X amount." Now, do you, keep you, a, do you keep an attorney with you, or are you just writing these contracts? How does this work? Once you have a standard template contract, yeah. you have it. But this is real estate. Like you, nobody gonna run off with the house, mm. right? But the people know that you know you made an agreement, and here's what here's what happens when you when when you pulled up with that car and we signed that contract. This is one part I did forget. We have what they call a, uh, I gave you consideration on that contract, which means money. So when we signed that contract, I was like, yo, here go $100, hold on to that, and now I'm gonna get you the rest of the money Friday. Mm-hmm. So now you accepted this 100 bucks for Once this contract. Now me and you on a valid contract with actual consideration, right? Now, typically on real estate contracts, you have what you call a due diligence period. And usually at $100 in my market will buy you 10 days. So I know from the day I signed the contract with you on your house, I got 10 days to go out and find a buyer. If I can't find a buyer by the seventh, I'm gonna know in 24 hours, because yeah. I'm gonna shoot the property out. If I can't find a buyers, I'm gonna call you up. Hey man, um, you know I missed something on that house. Either we're gonna renegotiate, or we are going to just cancel the contract. How do you find a buyer? Well. I- they they sharks. They have to spend money. Mm. I was I was just thought about something. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but all business is kind of the same. 
So this these kind of business principles are very relatable. So from this is how I'm understanding it from my 30 minute education so far. <laughs> the easiest way to go would to be there's people that buy homes, there's real estate investors, right? That That's a job. Money. And but they may not necessarily have time or they don't want to knock on doors and cold call and all that. So now you as essentially the broker in this situation you're doing that work that they don't want to do, but they kind of need you and you need them. So you establish relationships with big time real estate investors in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You call them with deals. Look, I got this property, da 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 da. You establish good relationships with, with them and they kind of become reoccurring clients. It makes your job easier because now you're not just winging it, trying to just find, find people, random right. people. Mm -hmm. You develop strong relationships. It makes their job easier because they're not just winging it, trying to find random properties. They they trust you because they know that you've established <coughs> good relationships yep. and you know good properties, you know good pricing. Yep. You Is bring that in correct? A yeah, you bring in a consistent yeah. product. They need to spend money. That's how they make their money. They decided to be on that side of the equation. They don't want to go, and that's why this business takes no money because all it takes is hustle. It didn't cost you nothing to go knock on that door or ride down the street. But once you have that house, now you need to be in relationships where you find people that that when you when you started, yeah. How did you develop the relationship to get a buyer? I put it on Facebook Marketplace. That, that was it. Yeah, and okay. the guy called his wife called me. Okay, and then the, that weekend he he agreed to buy it. So. Do you have like a team of investors in your neighbor in your area now that you kind of like work with on a continuous basis? I'm or about 600. 600. So how do you like email blast it out to people? Email blast and text blast. So we use Mailchimp to send out emails, and we sell this uh, send out. We use CallLoop.com to send out a blast text message. Are they like fighting over the deal sometimes? Oh yeah, that's what you want. A frenzy. Yeah. So you don't want to come buddy buddy with no investor. No, it can't nah, be too close. Because I'm in a marketplace. Business is business. Yeah. So you you say you're going to give me 50, but you say 52. That's where I'm going. <laughs> right? Everybody got to eat. Everybody got to eat. All facts. This is dope. This is actually pretty dope. This I got, is actually pretty dope. Now for the closing. I got a I saw this in in, in, in uh, one of your videos. A double closing. I've never heard that yeah. before. What What is a double closing? So essentially... Um, People are not not good with setting expectations. I like to say with the buyer or seller, with your client, mm -hmm. they don't know that you are going to make profit from this this deal. Or sometimes the profit is too much. Now we'll say not all the time. Sometimes the profit is just too much. So a double close is where you said, let's just to say that house down the street we're talking about. Instead of thirty, you got it for ten thousand, mm -hmm. right? And now you're selling it to the end. The, the, now you're selling it to the flipper for fifty thousand. So you're making a forty thousand spread. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you don't have the right buyers, they may be like, "I'm not paying you fifty thousand. You got it for ten, right?" But the numbers really work for him. But he's not giving you that. So you, sometimes you go ahead and use transactional funding to close on that first ten thousand, and then turn around the next minute and sell it to my guy over here. But what happens is on a HUD sheet, which is a uh, a sheet that everybody has to use to close a property. It's going to say what you bought it for. But if you do a double close, he's never going to see that side of the transaction. Hmm. So it's something that I tell people never really, I've never done one. Okay. Right. So it's not really needed, um, especially if you, you just got to set a good expectation. If you have good cash buyers, and this is one of my things I say to cash buyers if I find a property for a dollar and the numbers work for you at 100000 would you be upset with me making a $99,000 fee? If they say yes, kick them out. 
Because when you change your mindset, you realize money is not a limited thing. When I started to think that I had to get these properties because you know you got money, when I when I changed it and said, there's guys out here that if they don't flip houses, they don't eat. Mm. They need me. You know, so I no longer look at some money as a limited, you know, commodity. Hmm. Attorney state versus title state. What's the difference with that? Uh, let me see. New York is a attorney state, and North Carolina is an attorney state. So, so in states, you have two ways you can close a real estate transaction: title companies, which essentially do the title research and look up the property, make sure it's free and clear, are called title states. They're actual mm -hmm. companies. And then you have attorney states where only attorneys are allowed to close real estate transactions. And North Carolina and New York is an attorney state. Mm. Um, I believe uh, Philly is a, a, a title company state and Baltimore is a Baltimore. Uh, what, what's the process of setting up um, a closing with a title company? Yeah, so once you get that first contract with the homeowner, yeah. you're going to send the contract to the title company or attorney and tell them to start uh, title search and all title search does is to make sure the property is owned free and clear like no liens or anything no liens no encumbrances on the property and that it can be transferred uh, smoothly to the new owner and then once they do that then once you have that paperwork and you're out finding your buyer and then you call them and say hey look I have an assignment of that contract I gave you mm -hmm. and all they're gonna do is switch your name with the new buyers name and your fee is written on that contract and at the closing you're gonna get your money and then the seller's gonna get their money and the, the buyer's gonna walk away with the property. And, and the contract depends on each state, it's different, con like state specific? Yeah, tip, yeah typically it's, it's different each but state. Once you, once you have one, it's like a template. That yeah, you it's template, you keep filling it out. Yeah. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> F a mic drop, bag drop. Bag drop. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time, from an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.